0: You are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. It's so good to be here. Isn't it great to worship together? I have just so missed it. I've, I've missed worshiping with you. I've missed Dara's new songs. I've missed Vanessa and the whole team. And I just commend you. You know we're a a people of worship, and so it's so good to be back together. Lindy and I were uh, we're pretty serious about social distancing the first month or two, and after about seven or eight weeks of being together, one night Lindy just said, "I need to go buy two golden retrievers right now, <laughs> or I need to go hug all my grandchildren right now. I'm done." And I said, "Honey, um, I'm not meeting all your social needs. No, you're not. You're not meeting any of them. So, it wasn't that bad? But uh, that was that was fun. And so, I would just, I just want to commend you, church. You're a church that worships in all places. You're a church that leans into the Lord. You're a, a church that gives. You, we started in a garage, and you worshipped, and you leaned in, and you gave. And then we went to a ABC building in the middle of an industrial park. No one of, none of us lived anywhere near it, and you did the same. And they went to a school, and you did the same. Then we went Saturday nights in a wide, unique room, and you did the same. And then you came out here in a tent, and you did the same. And then when it rained and there was water and mud in there, you did the same. And now in the sun, you do the same. I'm just hoping when we're in this nice, air-conditioned building, you'll do the same. So, because you've proven you'll worship and lean in and do it all. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter two, please. I'm just uh I'm gonna walk us through first fifteen verses of this Bible and I, this this chapter, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna talk out of the Passion Translation this this morning and I'm and uh Always read multiple translations. I I love to read the NASB along with different translations, but uh, this morning we'll do that. And Ephesians is just such a beautiful book. I've been in Colossians and and, uh, Ephesians. You know, believers, we don't have trouble believing some of the things that the enemy says that are bad about us, but when the Lord starts proclaiming these great promises, sometimes they're difficult to believe. And, and so Ephesians is full of that, it's super challenging in how good God is. So verse 1 of chapter 2, And His fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses, It wasn't long ago that you lived in the religion and custom and values of your world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Well, this is an upper way to start a message. Reminds me, Will Smith one of my favorite actors. Went to this show, Pursuit of Happiness. Super disappointed. 98% of the show was Pursuit, 2% was Happiness. So I promise this message won't be that. But he's starting out, the corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life, and we live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts and minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. So embedded in there are five ways that he's saying we're dead. Five ways that is saying we are separated from Christ, from God at birth. It's like going to Waffle House. There's five ways you can get a hash brown. It's smothered. It's covered. There's five ways that we're dead in Christ. So he says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. He said you lived in the values of the world. We obeyed the dark rulers of this earth. And the corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the disease and desires of our self-life. If we go to the two-year-old nursery when we have one again, you'll find these young children who are, have been coddled and loved. Every time their diaper's dirty, it gets changed. They're fed. Every time they're hungry, they've been looking at eyes of love for two years. And they'll walk in the nursery and take a Lego and just slam it in another kid's face. So that's this verse right here, the corruption that was in us from birth. And we live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children of God. So I want to just stop there. It doesn't really matter what society says or the world says or social media says, what I learned in school. But I want to filter my truth through the Word of God. And whether I feel it or not, the Word of God says, I was totally lost. I was totally dead in my sins. We all have that in common. And it's a binary. It's a switch that's on and off. There's a switch. I'm either dead in my trespasses or I'm alive in Christ. And every person on the planet, every person who will watch this live, what every person that's listened to a podcast, less every person that's here. Hundreds of people, we're all in the same state. Whether they're alive in Christ or we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Amen? As you read those, like as I read those, I don't have any trouble agreeing with them. I don't have any trouble remembering as an age 17-year-old young man of smoking and chewing and going with girls who do, and all that stuff i don't- re- i I remember vividly going down a road with the wrong friends at seventeen. I remember what it felt like. I remember my conscience burning. I remember obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm. It's not hard for me to believe I was selfish and living in a self life. And I was rebellious to the things of God. Does anybody agree? Anybody witness to that? Are we on, are, like, when, I, when you read that, you say, Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Pastor. Thank you. I love the feedback. You know, we have been uh, for about three months preaching to no feedback. And it, it is much harder, isn't it, Jen? And, in fact, last week I could feel Blake, the first half of the message, he was still preaching to no feedback. Like, and our congregation just had been three months sitting on the couch giving no feedback. So you have permission to give feedback. If you like black church feedback, please bring it on. We love that. Like, it's good. That's a yes, a yes and Amen. We're still learning to preach with a cadence that makes it easy, but we like feedback. So, if those first few verses if you agree with them, if they if you see it. Now, the the only people that really have a hard time seeing it, maybe if you just grew up in a wonderful Christian home, you can't even remember when you got saved and there wasn't that conversion you just have to do it by faith, but it happened. There was a moment where it happened. We are all in a left-right, fork in the road, binary switch on and off. That's the spiritual truth that heaven says we're at. So as I read those, if you say, Steve, I'm going to give you some feedback. As you read that, I can relate to that truth of Scripture. If you would, stand up. If you, I just need some feedback. Okay, so maybe 70% of the people are, are uh, buying into that. So let's keep going. Thank you. You can sit down. So the two of the greatest words in the Bible. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like the gospel is so amazing that as I feel it or I see it or I preach it, it's falling short. Anybody feel that way? Like it's bigger than we're talking about. It's bigger than I can worship. It's bigger than I can explain. It's bigger than I can put. And it's, it's inside me and it's like, it's bigger than you're talking about right now. It's more important. It's, it's like, and, it's, and while I don't love talking about that verse that's implying clearly that there's, there's a dark side, there's a hell, there's a ruler of the world, if we avoid it, we may not be realizing what we've been brought out of. Like if you if I can't agree with it, then I'm what have I been saved from? Like being saved from something. If someone forgives you for a 5 million dollar debt, you feel differently than they if they bought your Starbucks for you. Really? And so if you're if you're just thinking You were a Starbucks sinner. (laughs) The gospel just isn't that exciting. (laughs) I'm not even sure why you're here. Like, $10 billion isn't enough to describe the depth of our sin and the debt we owe. When someone goes and pays off your $10 billion debt, like when they call, I answer. Will you take out the garbage? Yes, sir anything you want. And I want to treat the Lord that way because what he did for us. And two of, the greatest, two of the greatest words in the Bible, he set this up. He's told you five ways you're dead. Five ways you're separated from God. And then he says two great words, but God two of the greatest words in the Bible, but God. But God still loved us with such great love, and he's so rich in compassion and mercy. And even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. I, ever since I this 17-year-old kid got saved, I've been kind of looking for, I kind of look for the gospel when I read the Bible. You know, you see what you're looking for? And it's on almost every page. Like, uh, you can't read but a few minutes and it then, whoa, there it is. And whoa, right there, it says, he loved us with such a great love. He's so rich in compassion. Even when we were dead and doomed in our sins, he united us. I love the, the word united is kind of being highlighted right now in our culture, right? I love our I love our soccer team. I love the name of it, Atlanta United. It's a prophetic name for our city. They were awesome from the start. 80,000 people coming from the start. The entire soccer nation all over the the world was amazed. What happened to that? Like they they just started a team and 80,000 people came and they were good all all right from the beginning it's prophetic for our city Atlanta united he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us and he raised us up with Christ the exalted one and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm for we now are co-seated as one with Christ it's interesting the Holy Spirit you know uh, Dan doesn't talk to me, doesn't talk to Dara before the service. We're not that organized. And yet the Holy Spirit is leading to me a scripture about we're seated in heavenly places. And Dan says we're seated in heavenly places. And Dara sings we're seated in heavenly places. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is reminding us this morning that we are seated in heavenly places. This is, this is a scripture this is a truth that most believers don't run into. It's too big. It's, and, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me for about a year or two, like, Steve, there's more there than you've experienced. There's more. There's more. It's an invitation. Like, there's more there. You haven't experienced. We're to know and experience him. Not just know him intellectually, but we are, we are invited. We, we're preaching in the choir here at Bethel, but you, you, we are to experience him too. Like, you're not just to know you're saved, you're to experience salvation. I've confessed, like, this one, I need, I need growth, but Lord gave me so much grace when I got saved at 17. Like, I experienced salvation. I knew I was saved from day one. Like, I knew I was Papa's child. I knew I was accepted. I knew I was forgiven. I knew he was Daddy. I knew he was wonderful. Like, I experienced it. But there are other parts of the Bible that I've still yet to experience. Isn't that exciting, our journey? Like, we're all on a journey to our proper identity. Our proper identity as sons, And some of us experienced. uh, Some of you have experienced that seated in heavenly places, and we get to glean from your growth. Some of us has experienced what it feels like to feel saved, and you get to experience our growth. Amen. So he's he's telling the church in the midst of this shaking. Our nation's being shaken, right? In the midst of this shaking, he's saying, I want you to lift your head up. I want you to be seated in heavenly places. You don't have any authority over anything you don't love, any people group, any city, any nation. You have influence over that which you love. And he's coming to us who live in a white house and say, let's check. The Holy Spirit's checking. Let's check. Do you, have a, do you have something in your eye, Steve? Is it a log? Is it a toothpick? Let's talk. And, and our, those of us living in a brown house are saying, we'll be patient. We're waiting. We love you. And he's saying, lift up your heads. Like A few weeks ago, 99% of us were in unison, horrified by a, something we saw on TV with Mr. Floyd. And then the enemy, the ruler of this age that we just talked about, he creates all this confusion, and he begins to pour fear. We're just having fear pumped into our environment. And God says, children of God, lift up your heads, O ye gates. He's saying, he said, I've got given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of power and love and sound mind. We pray that over our nation. Power, love. And a sound mind, and we are the ones. You know, there's not, <laughs> there's not a leader in our nation that's just bringing us all together. Amen. Love or hate Donald Trump, he's not a healer. He's a warrior. The Democrats don't have one that can bring us together. There's not a civil rights. You know what that means? It's us. It, it's on like it's on the church to love. It's on the church to demonstrate. It's on us to do it right here. God is famous for taking one person, two people, a group of people, and doing something and then multiplying it. It You don't have to be a church of 20,000. You can be a church of 500, and and God does it here, and he says, there's my people, and they'll fly all over the world to find out what's happening because they're looking for answers. We have the opportunity here. They're just pouring in fear into our environment. Did you know that CNN and Fox merged this morning? Did anybody hear that? They merged. It's amazing news. Yeah, it's amazing. It's going to be called the CFN now. Not CNN or Fox. It's CFN. Yeah. Constant Fear Network It's what it is. I had some of you. I had you, Darren, didn't I? Yeah, you believe me. I probably shouldn't, shouldn't mock you believing me. Is pouring fear into our network, into our our world. Verse 7. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of grace and kindness which was showered upon us in Christ Jesus. That coming ages is translated in the original language in some, by some people as the universe, throughout the universes. This is one of those crazy verses that we just go by because it's too big. When I read that verse, I'm imagining throughout the universes in the coming ages, he's going to take you and put you on display. That's a big one. Like he's going to take you. He's going to take you, Mitch, and he's going to say, I'm going to, we're going to take you to this universe, Tetron 21.9, and I'm going to display you for like a week, just me and you. That's what I think of when I get that verse. Y'all are all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> None of you think of that way about that verse. He's saying, I'm going to display you. I'm going to take you and display you among the nations, and I really thought that would go over better than that. (laughs) We promised to make these shorter messages because you're baking in the heat. But verse 8, 9, 10, 11 basically say you've done nothing to earn your salvation. I've made this fabulous gift for you, but God, he's made you, he's, he's brought you out of darkness into light, and he's saying, you didn't do anything to earn it. If you were born in a Christian family, you didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to earn it. I just showed up at this little hippie church in Colorado Springs. No one invited me. I sat in the back row, and the Holy Spirit drew me in. I did nothing to deserve it. And he intercepts us from darkness into light. And he says, I'm uniting you into Christ. And look at this in verse 11 and 12. Don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. You were without the covenants, without the prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope. You were without God. He's like, oh, you Gentiles? You were on the outside. You were without the promises. You were without the covenants. You had nothing going for you in this this religion, this thing called God. You were in the minority. You were out. But then what did I do? What happened? But look at you now. Everything is new. And although you were once distant and far away from God, you've been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You've actually been united to Christ. Isn't that amazing? One, our reconciling Peter's is, peace is Jesus. And he has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. Jew and non-Jew, male and female, rich and poor, black and white, red state, blue state. He's made you one in Christ. He's made us one in Christ and our kingdom. Our kingdom allegiance has got to be higher than our ethnicity. It's got to be higher than our party of politics. It's got to be higher than what side of the tracks we grew up on. It's got to be higher than our race. If it's not, I question is it real? But we we got born. I mean, I love this nation. But my allegiance to the kingdom of God is much higher. And even my, I love my family, but it's higher. Like it's higher than my parents' love. It's higher than my love for my wife. And hers is higher than for me. For sure. (laughs) She loves Jesus so much, that's why. Are you with me? Like, it's got to be higher. Like, what did, what did your race or your political party or your side of the tracks or your anything do for you that brought you out of those first verses five ways you were dead? Nothing did anything like that. And so you either don't get it or you don't believe it. Because nothing should go in, in that spot. And so it's not that we have the answer. We are the answer. Like, this is the answer. It isn't in a movement. It isn't in a political place. It isn't. All, all those things can be great, but we actually have the answer. By dying as our sacrifice, verse 14, He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. This is the Word of God. If you're a believer, believe it. And verse 15, Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of His precious body on the cross. <laughs> Ethnic hatred has been dissolved Destroyed by the precious blood and the precious body of our Lord Jesus, that's the answer <laughs> like the Holy Spirit when i was re I was listening to a pastor speak uh, on this subject, and um what's his name uh Kevin what's that pardon? Vadi Bachman, a black pastor just from Florida, just fell in love with him overnight. Like, he's preaching this. And as he's speaking this verse, Holy Spirit began to remind me. Like, he was pulling back something that happened 40 years ago. Three separate events where I could have taken on ethnic hatred. And he just pulled them back. I was sharing some of this with uh, Dara, and I loved her response. It was like, "Yeah, we all got our trash." It was so beautiful. Like, "Yeah, we all got our trash. Just sweep it over. Let's not focus on that. We all got our trash. The Holy Spirit just pulled it over, and He reminded me. Do you realize those three things happened together? Do you realize what I was doing there? That I was washing." You, you new believer in the grace of Christ, that grace was all over you, that ethnic hatred was being dissolved in the precious body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Something cool, I'll I'll close with a story. A few weeks ago, I felt like this was such a prophetic act. Uh fourteen of us just kind of were gonna go downtown and pray and um just to do something. And we ended up at a field at uh a memorial and uh Grant Avenue. There's a field there and it's we were looking over just a mile or so was the capital and as we looked around the group there was seven black brothers and sisters, seven white brothers and sisters. And we were making declarations. And then at one point, seven of us stood on one side of seven. And we were loving each other. There was unity. There was proclamation. Jesus, the presence of God, was there. It was a beautiful moment. And And I opened up Isaiah 61, which if there's a chapter that is a chapter for this church, it's Isaiah 61. He came for the hurting, the broken. He came for the downtrodden. He said, I'll be your jubilee, I'll be your chain breaker, I'll be your debt forgiver, I'll be your savior, I'll be your healer, I'll be your jubilee God. And then I'm going to turn you into an oak of righteousness. Where, is we, get, where we get Romans 5.17, you're going to reign in life. And after you become that people, hear the progression? Broken, jubileed. Oaks of righteousness, then you get to look in your city and you become restorers of the ruined cities. It's the gospel again, right? <laughs> there it is. Whoop, there it is. And as I was just kind of reminding us of this, 14 of us in prayer, in unity, in love, a young man runs up. I couldn't tell if he was living on the street or not. He, if you told me he was living on the street, it, You didn't take much faith to believe that. He said, can I pray with y'all? Yeah, come on, come on. And I stood back and I watched our group just start to love him, prophesy him, restoring one in our city, one at a time, just loving on him, calling out destiny. And then uh, as Michael Kutz was sharing, you know, we just, Mike, Edwards and I just took him off the side and said, Hey, do you know the Lord? And we had the pleasure of leading him to Jesus. And what was is so awesome, like it was like prophetic, like in unity. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And like it wasn't, there wasn't work. He came to us, there was no outreach. He came to us in love, in unity. We just saw a glimpse, Isaiah 61. Bam, here's a little glimpse. Huh? Uh, Mike knows his name. Mike, what's his name? Isaiah Jeremiah. Thank you for reminding me. So, thank you, Dara. So we're reading Isaiah, and Isaiah Jeremiah comes up. And, Isaiah, and we're talking about healing, and he says, my pinky needs healing. Y'all have been around here a long time. Like, the first healing I ever had was a pinky. His dad was a colonel in the Navy, a uh, captain in the Navy. My dad was a colonel in the Army. Like we, the Holy Spirit speaks through divine coincidence. And the Holy Spirit is saying, ask him if he knows the Lord. Ask him if he knows the Lord. Ask him if he knows the Lord. We're the answer. We don't just have the answer, we know the answer. Dara said something I wrote down the other day. We're being blasted into becoming more mature sons of God. We're being, our nation's being shaken. It's like 9-11, Vietnam, and civil rights movement. all happened at the same time. And we're being blasted into becoming more mature sons of God in the kingdom i don 't know that there's color in the kingdom and he 's raising us up because that beautiful thing of taking us dead in transit, our, dead in our sins but God united us with Christ to be seated in heavenly places that is our answer, and we can influence those things we love. When God saw something broken, that being me and you, he didn't run or destroy it. He ran toward it and solved it with love. Whether that's a person, a place, or a thing. He ran toward it and he brought it back into life with his love. That's the kind of people we are. That's who we are. So, I got a whole nother message. I'm not going to preach it, but it's about dads raising up Calebs and Joshuas, raising up sons of God, raising up young men and women who say, I can, not I can't, raising up sons that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, raising up sons and daughters. That's our call as children of God to raise up overcomers, Joshuas and Calebs. That's our call restore nations. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.